Uh, let's begin this hour in Kensington Market, where fans of the uh, artistic atmosphere down there are uh, a little worried about the neighborhood's uh, authenticity, if you will, that it may fade away as long-term tenants are getting pushed out by landlords wanting to make more money off short-stay visitors. Now, changes to the city's regulations for short-term rentals on platforms such as Airbnb were supposed to take effect back in June of 2018, but they've been sidelined by an appeal by short-term landlords that is set to begin today at the local planning appeal tribunal. And joining us now from Fair B&B is Thorben Weiditz. He joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thorben, good afternoon. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Uh, just first off, can you kind of uh, encapsulize for us what is uh, the major concern when it comes to particularly Kensington uh, market and this uh, proliferation, if you will, of uh, short-term landlords? Well, I think uh, Kensington market is just really um, one example of many that uh, we have seen in, in Toronto in all kinds of neighborhoods, really, um, from you know all the way on the bridal path to um, Willowdale to the east end, the west end, where you see... Um, landlords um, buying up, leasing up dozens and dozens and dozens of properties, um, often condo units, but also, um, you know, Victorian townhomes and turning them into um, full-time um, um, Airbnb rentals catered towards tourists and guests for yeah. weekends and the summer months and so on. So how does that kind of change neighborhoods, uh, so-called authenticity then? Well, it depends on what you understand under authenticity. But, you know, like I, I've been in touch with neighbors that told me that they love Airbnb when they go travel. But then once they realize they have a full-time Airbnb unit right next door to them um, and they have people coming in and going um, uh, at, at, at the wee hours in the morning and they cannot enjoy their own uh, property anymore because, um, you know, they can't get to sleep. The kids wake up at night. They have to deal with loud parties next door. Um, you know, that changes the 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 very nature of a residential community. Um, and that's what we're seeing in Toronto um, in, in, you know, otherwise fairly quiet um, and cozy neighborhoods uh, and condominium buildings that have been turned over time into um, ghost hotels. Yeah, so when you have, uh, you know, these buildings turned into de facto or essentially uh, hotels, you've got a lot of uh, vacationers or uh, transients kind of, if you will, uh, going back and forth. Uh, these are people that have no connection to that neighborhood, uh, to that area. That's right. And I mean, you know, part of what the city of Toronto is doing is they, they try to find a balance that uh, allows you and I to rent out our own property on platforms like Airbnb when we are away on the weekend or on vacation. But um, at the same time, um, they try to sort of say, if you and I are um, thinking we could buy up or lease up dozens and dozens of properties and turn them into full-time Airbnb rentals that then um, not only take housing stock away from the market, but also um, you know, introduce all kinds of nuisance, health and safety risks to um, neighborhoods. Um, that's what, what the city is trying to do. They want to actually legalize um, real true home sharing, um, but they do not agree that um, the commercialization of this home sharing business is something that is uh, uh, beneficial for um, Toronto as a whole. Yeah, Thorben, is there a little nimbyism not in my backyard going on there in Kensington Market and maybe other uh, neighborhoods? Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Airbnb is something that, uh, you know, has just exploded in popularity. A lot of people uh, love to be able to stay at an actual home rather than a hotel, uh, usually at a cheaper rate. So they're more than happy when they're traveling halfway around the world, but they just don't want it next door to them or in their own backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, if, if you look at it that way, um, you can interpret it this way. But um, again, like if, if you know, you actually um, 
experience the situation yourself, you will very quickly turn into NIMBY yourself because you will not agree with um, people coming and going and partying on the wee hours on the weekends um, next door, above you or below you, um, interrupting your own um, personal enjoyment of your property and, you know, the well-being of your family. Um, I think um, we can all agree that um, rules and regulations have a place. And um, even if we um, pass the city's regulations, it will still allow people to home share. And if, if, if it's done right, if you and I rent out our own place every once in a while, we actually do have relationships with our neighbors. We want to keep this relationship intact. And, um, but if you and I have like 60 you know, units on the platform, we do not have relationships with those people where those units are located. And that's where we end up in situations where people get upset about what's happening and then they're labeled NIMBYists. But, you know, I don't think that anyone that, that I talk to has an issue with um, the general idea of, um, you know, using a platform to share your own home every once in a while to make some extra cash um, when your own asset is underutilized, so to speak. But, um, you know, everyone seems to agree that, you know, you can't just open up like, uh, you know, uh, math labs and car garages everywhere. There are, there are rules and regulations around things that make sense and then that, that are there to actually protect people's enjoyment of their own property. And I think, um, you know, the city is trying to balance the need of um, realizing that this is happening, that Airbnb is here to stay, but also putting some, um, you know, sensible rules around it to make sure that, like the majority of the people can actually enjoy the service and and it's it sort of takes away the the negative side of things that um, ruin it for you know ordinary hosts that mm-hmm. play by the rules and and you know want to make some extra bucks but then out of a sudden have to compete against people that are you know having 60 units on the market on this platform um that's i think the the gist of it so i don't think that's it's a nimbus movement i think it's actually um a lot more um there are people that really care about what the city is, uh, you know, supposed to be and for whom, essentially. Joined in the line by Thorben Weiditz with a Fair B&B. We're talking about uh, hearings that uh, start today at the uh, at a local planning uh, appeal tribunal uh, being made by a short-term landlords. Uh, Thorben, do you know exactly uh, what it is, the short-term landlords, uh, what they're finding problematic, uh, what they're appealing? Um, there are a number of them that um, take issue with um, um, what is called a secondary suite requirement, which means that... Um, um, the city does not want to see um, affordable basement suites um, turn into full-time Airbnb units. Um, and then there are others that take issue with the so-called principal residence requirement um, altogether. And this is what I, what I said earlier, that if you and I, we want to rent out our own principal residence, the place where we put our toothbrush at night, we should be allowed to do this. Um, but they say that, you know, you should be able to rent out any property at any given time in any place, no matter you know if it's your first, second, third, twentieth, or sixtieth. Um, so the principal residence requirement is really what it's at, where it's at, and um, that's what um, the entire sort of framework of the city hinges upon. And I think that's what what is going to be discussed here. Okay, sorry. Uh, do they feel like now. they're being unfairly dealt with? Uh, just to clarify, these are some people that uh, might have a uh, basement apartment or maybe they've got a two-bedroom uh, condo and they're wanting to rent out one of those uh, rooms? Mm-hmm. No, they can rent out rooms. The city is actually, the city allows um, up to three rooms in your apartment or house to be rented on Airbnb. Um, but what they're saying is like if you have a secondary suite, it could be a laneway house, it could be a, uh, a separate um, basement unit, um, these places should be um, rented out to a long-term tenant, um, and then the long-term tenant may or may not, um, you know, 
rent these places out on Airbnb when they are on vacation or whatever. But um, the point is that it's supposed to be rented out to a long-term tenant because the way that the secondary suite um, secondary suites were enabled by the province and by the municipality um, was around the issue of addressing um, affordable housing needs on the one hand and the need of people to make some extra money um, that own secondary suites. And I hear this a lot that people say, well, we should be you know, allowed to do whatever we want with our secondary suite. Um, and they say, like, if we don't rent it out, then we lose a lot of money. But we all know what the housing market is like in Toronto. You can rent a secondary suite, a basement apartment with no windows and no fridge for like $2,500. It's, it's a joke. So when I hear people talk about loss of money when they talk about secondary suites, I think at any point in time in the city of Toronto right now, if you are a landlord and you have a unit and you can rent it to a long-term tenant, you make good money. Sure, and uh, obviously that's uh, you know somebody that's a little more invested in the the, the property, uh, which is uh, you know your property, uh, less likely to uh, damage it, to be more respectful of the uh, community uh, in the neighborhood, and you've got uh, you, you know a sustained income coming in there if it's a long term uh, renter. But uh, are these short term landlords? You know, Thurban, are they arguing that listen, that's our ideal situation, but it doesn't always work that way. And at the end of the day, this is just capitalism. And who are you to tell me, a government, uh, who I can rent to and for how long? Um, I haven't really listened to the argument yet. And they literally just started today with opening statements. So, you know, I'll be able to, to answer this question at the end of the hearing um, to, you know, to really see where they are coming from and um, what the argumentation would be like. But I, I would suggest if they make this argument at a land use planning appeal tribunal, they would not go anywhere because it's really about sound planning rational and sound planning arguments here. And, you know, if they can sort of coach it in planning language, maybe that's one thing. But I have yet to to hear what, what you know, the palants actually are saying. Yeah, you mentioned a second ago that Airbnb is uh, here to stay. And is uh, what we're seeing at this uh, tribunal and what we've seen maybe over the last year or two, is it akin to uh, Uber and Lyft uh, arriving in town that, uh, you know, you get this new technology that's uh, being uh, disruptive. It's a bit of a disruptor when it comes to a a certain market and that these are just inevitable growing pains that uh, we've got to try to negotiate, maneuver around and work out. Yeah, uh, possibly. I think uh, with the Uber example in Toronto, it's uh, it's one that is interesting because Uber um, didn't really um, engage a lot of citizens and a lot of um, um, fight back in a sense because, uh, let's face it, Uber only, only impacts the people that drive a taxi um, and the customers, but Airbnb impacts everyone. If you have a, a party house or a ghost hotel next door or above you, you're going to be impacted by Airbnb whether you use the service or not. Um, but with Uber, I mean, you and I, we can go about our lives never using the service, and we will never know that Uber is in town, essentially, um, because it's not impacting us. But Airbnb mm. it has a lot more community and neighborhood implications, um, you know, and it drives up housing costs and reduces housing stocks. So when Uber came to town, we didn't end up with higher car prices. True, but I think some would argue that uh, we've ended up with more congestion on the roads because there's uh, more, uh, you know, yeah. cars on the road because people are driving for Uber uh, part time and, and trying to make some extra money, much like uh, Airbnb uh, renters are doing. And, and what about the hotel industry? I know they've been pretty uh, vocal about, uh, you know, the arrival of uh, Airbnb in the city and how much money that's taking out of their coffers. Yeah, it's a, it, you know that's a problem for the for hotel workers for sure. And in many cases, you know, in downtown Toronto, we have uh, condominium buildings, fairly large condos. I'm thinking of the Ice Towers, for example, or 300 Front Street West. Those are condo units with four, five, six hundred units in them, 
and half of them are Airbnbs. And often these ghost hotels are right across the street from um, um, hotel properties and unionized hotel workers. So um, hotel workers are definitely impacted, um, you know, I would say it's twice even in the housing and the labor market. So they may lose hours, they may lose their job. Um, at the same time, they have a harder time finding affordable housing and decent housing in Toronto because latest estimates show that 8,700 units have been removed from the market and turned into ghost hotels. So, and, and you know, if you look at some of the bigger hotels in Toronto, you, you can imagine what, um, um, you know, Toronto's economy would be like if we would build, um, you know, five, six Royal Yorks in downtown core. And we haven't done that. We have built residential housing stock that have been converted into ghost hotels um, with very little economic impact for the city if we would have spent that money, if that money would have been invested into actual hotel stock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would have seen a lot more benefit to a lot more people, including the city. Just finally, got about 60 seconds, Thorben, but uh, I'll get you out on this uh, question. Uh, what is the ultimate answer here? As you mentioned, there's so many people that are impacted. There's uh, so many uh, concerns with this emerging technology, with uh, short-term landlords and uh, Airbnb and places like a flip key. Uh, there at Fairbnb, uh, have you folks kind of got your head around uh, what is the ultimate solution? Well, I, I think a good place to start is literally um, um, adopting the city's regulations, which which allows people to share their own home, which means that, you know, folks don't remove housing stock from the market. Folks are should, making sure that they have good relationships with their neighbors, um, and they're going to vet the guests very, very um, thoroughly. So I think by, by approving the city's rules, we end up in a solution with a solution that actually caters to, to people that want to use the service, but also makes sure that we avoid all the negative consequences. So I think that would be a good, good starting point. And then, you know, a few years down the road, we can see whether this actually has worked or not. But um, I think we need to get this, this hearing done with. We need ideally the chair to um, approve the rules and then we need to implement them. All right, going to have to leave it there for now. Uh, Thorben, really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks so much for the uh, discussion this afternoon. Uh, thanks for having us. Talk All right. Bye bye. There goes Thorben Wyditz. He is with Fair B and B.